You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. That is correct. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. I'm just repeating what the guy ahead of me said. You know, but someone's got to do the re- repetitive stuff. It may as well be me soccer. There's something I haven't heard in a while, but I guess we're going to be uh, influenced by a little MLS seasons kicking off here pretty soon. What do you think? Yeah. Are, so, are we away from it? I'm just trying to think op- of opening, time. Opening weekend this weekend, CONCACAF Champions League um, qualifications just finished up. We'll get into that a little bit later. TFC. TFC, huh? Yeah. Is that water, your go-to? Water result. Not my go-to, but... No water result for them yesterday. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll now, I, now I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, we we will get into that. I've, I've got a buddy of mine who's uh, a physio. He was the physio here with FC Edmonton, Jose Jimenez, and he's yeah, yeah, now yeah. with uh, the, the Whitecaps. Yeah. Although something weird's gone on because I saw a text from him, and he talked about um, being in Salt Lake. So I don't know if is this Van, did Vancouver. Van, that's where Vancouver is going to be oh, based so they, out of. Perfect, because I guess they can't travel from country to country. Correct. So, yeah. so last year was Poland. Okay, uh, I don't know why they decided on Salt Lake, but yeah, that's where they are. Wow. Okay, and so I'm, I'm assuming To and Montreal are down there somewhere as well. Yes, they are. Tia, uh, Toronto's in Orlando. They're at uh, Disney. <laughs> Let me see what yeah, what would I rather take, yeah. Salt Lake or Orlando? Yeah, they're, they're in Orlando. <laughs> Pretty sweet. That's something special. But I'm not, I'm not sure where Montreal is, but I'm sure they're down there somewhere. Yeah. Louisiana. <laughs> is that where they are? Well, like the French speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're oh, right. You're right. Very, very, very. We, I've listened I like to that. a little Zydeco and uh, some strange music down there. Anyways, this is the Soccer Talk in the Park. It's been a while since we've been uh, up and about. There's been a lot of stuff going on, and we'll get to a lot of that in the next few minutes. I'm joined in studio, of course, with uh, Sean Lother, Technical Director of the club. Sean, how you doing? I'm very good. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Mm-hmm, nice. Digo Vendor, the community director. How are you, sir? Very good. How are you? You know, I'm all right. Ah, oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Love it. Although, I, 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 um, you know, I, I don't want to really talk about it too much. That COVID putting on weight thing, I think I've done a bit of that. That first little interaction there was like being back in the UK. Because when you pass someone in the street, you say, you all right? You all right? Yeah. yeah. You all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. You all right? <laughs> Well, I mean, it shows you the influence. Then there's a bit of influence going on yeah, here. <laughs> Back on the streets in 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 Durban, it's it's how's it? How's it? How's it? You get how's it? <laughs> yeah, Newcastle, it's yeah, I'll read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing too. The dialects within Great Britain alone, from like city to city, are so different. So different. Yeah. I don't want to be a scouser. They, oh, they have the worst accent ever. I was, I was gonna say I spent some time in in Merseyside and uh, went out to watch. Uh, went out to Anfield to watch a match, and we were there for about three or four days, and I could not understand one thing anybody was saying to me. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever had that problem except when I was in Glasgow. Yeah. Was it Glasgow or Edinburgh? Anyway, one one of the places in Scotland I was at, and it was the same thing. There was a convers. There was a person I was with was having a conversation with a, a local person. I didn't understand one word. <laughs> yeah. It was like a foreign language. It is, <laughs> <laughs> especially because they football. Yeah, well, and they're throwing all slang in there as well, and things they would say, radio rental, you know, and stuff like that, which meant yeah. something totally different to yeah. them. But yeah. anyway, I had no idea. 
But uh, on with the club and the club stuff. So we have a bit of a tech update. Uh, Dan would have uh, joined us, but he's... um, it's, it's assessment time. It is assessment time, and there was a lot on his plate, so he wasn't able to join us. We are actually recording this in the in the early part of the afternoon, late morning. Um, so it's a busy time, and, and I'm just happy that these two gentlemen are here to, to continue on and uh, plug away with this podcast. So we'll get into a tech update. Uh, we'll start with the community side of things, just to let everyone know that, uh, you know, AHS and we still up in the air with some of the stuff that's going on, but technically right now we can train at least with eight players and two coaches on a given area. And um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just let you uh, sort of chime in there, D, on on what's been happening. Yeah, so, I mean, um, you know, in a, in a normal year anyways, our, our season doesn't start until uh, the beginning of May uh, yeah. anyway, so we got a little bit of time um, before we, we would start a normal year. Um, I think, you know, obviously we, we might not get there. We've pushed our start date back to, to May 10th as of right now. Um, we're, we're, you know, in hopes of trying to run a traditional, you know, a league program. Yeah. Um, right now, I don't think we feel comfortable of starting off um, doing any socially distanced, uh, physically distanced training sessions with our community program for the start of the season uh, um, as, per, as per right now. Um, however, we haven't canceled the season. You know, you can still register if you if you like. We've we're in the process now of um, solidifying coaches for our age groups and and building teams and and getting prepared for whatever card is dealt to us. Right, um, better be, to be prepared and ready to go um, because you never know we could be you know shut down for a little bit longer or we could be given the go ahead to say hey yeah go ahead and that and was the, the that was the biggest the, yeah. I don't even call it an issue but that was the biggest thing that was happening with us last year and last season was again we were just from week to week there was new information coming out you were able to do this you couldn't do this so it did take a little bit of time and 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 I'm hoping out there everyone's going to be patient and has learned some kind of patience over this past year um, that we can put towards this because it's going to be I don't want to say it's going to be totally similar but for the most part I mean, we, we're at the whim of the AHS and, and, and Alberta Soccer's uh, intentions beyond that as far as what we can do as a club and, and on field. So, Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the, the big thing about it is, is for us is that if you're registered is to stay registered so we can, we can start building the teams. We don't have to have major movement if we have to you know, start giving refunds and things like that. However, f- this club um, you know, has, has stood by its words since day one. Um, that when it in, and if it does come to a point where we're not able to um, run a traditional season or, or what we um, have offered, you know, you will get that refund. So um, there's a little bit of a saving grace there in the sense of you'll know that you know we're committed to doing that um, for our community members and and um, you know it, it's important for us to to have that you know the membership in and, and so we can we can build those programs in and then we know what we need. Yeah. Um, if this gets pushed back, we'll obviously uh, cross that bridge when it gets there, for sure. But um, we had a great model last year. I'm not sure if uh, people have uh, understood or where we were at last year with our modified training program, mm-hmm. um, technically led program within cohorts within um, you know training on in 
you know, training hubs and things like the, that. The so, players that arrived certainly enjoyed themselves and got an awful lot out of each session, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's absolutely it. wonderful. I love being part of it. I was I was actually able to work out with uh, some of the community groups I, as well. I, I just, I, I feel that our community program over the last year has, has been very, very lucky to be able to to work with, you know, Sean and, and you yourself, Dano, and, and some of the tech people that we have. Yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's brought a little bit out, um, you know, a little bit more of that, you know, that community that we that we need to have at this time yeah um and, and overall for the club and i apologize i should have started with yourself there uh, sean but if you can do, do sort of an, an overall of the, where things are at with us possible i mean you're in the know a little bit more with yeah, the NHS I mean, and stuff. people keep saying you know what we're going to do and we ask people at the at the government what's going to happen and they really don't know yeah you know they're they think they have a plan in place. Like we're trying to do a plan in place for soccer. They're trying to do it for for sport in general. Mm-hmm. The people that we deal deal with anyway. But it, it, it's all based on what happens with numbers and vaccine rollout and all those types of things that which are way above our peer grades. Yeah, and we have no idea. Uh, so we're just waiting on them, really. Yeah. And we have a plan, and then a plan A, and then a plan B, C, D, E. Yeah. G and it'll change all the way through until we get vaccine rolled out and we can have this herd immunity which they keep talking about mm-hmm. and then we can get back to to semi normal. Uh, so we'll wait. We're just waiting. We're just hurrying up to wait. Is basically yeah, yeah. what we do. Hurry up and wait. That's a familiar sound uh, <laughs> from last year. Um, and I don't want to put you on the spot at all, but I, because Dano's not here. Um, with some of the Phoenix stuff that's going on, do I mean I know you guys just you've been yeah. having meetings and yeah, any I mean thoughts? we we went through a, a, a evaluation assessment phase for new players coming into the club, players that didn't play during the indoor season. Uh, that was over over two days last week. Yeah, last yeah week? it was yeah. last week. All seems to I know. Um, you know, and, and they went well. I mean. Again, it was physically distanced. You're looking at how kids receive a ball, pass a ball, their movement, yeah. uh, the shooting, you know, an individual technique, really. Um, there was no interaction whatsoever. So yeah, we tried to do our best. I think we did a decent job. Mm-hmm. And we placed some new players on the teams. Um, surprisingly, we had a lot of Phoenix players re- re-register. We didn't have many drop out. Uh, with the pandemic, I thought there'd be more. So we're going to have the same numbers as last year, as what we had uh, for this year. Mm-hmm. So that's positive. Uh, kids are going to start training this weekend. Uh, again, physically distance, eight players with two coaches working yeah. with them. It's a struggle to get that organized, but we'll, we'll, we will get it organized and at least doing something. Yeah, of course. And that, and then I think more than anything that's uh, been going on and 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 the biggest, not even concern, but the biggest things that parents are talking about was getting their kids to do stuff, to get out there, to be involved. So tough. I know things are, are not the best at the schools for these, uh, you know, children and athletes that we have in our program. So getting them on a pitch to actually go out, run around, see some of their friends, even if it's in a smaller scale, it's got to go a long way for the mental well-being of all these players. Well, it certainly does. You know, I mean... We all we all were kids at one point many years ago for for some of us, but uh, <laughs> we we want to to play. We just want to get out there and play whether whatever sport or just playing 
don't know, hide and seek or whatever it is. I mean, that's what kids do. And, you know, the soccer community wants to get back to playing soccer. Yeah. And with just itching to get back. So at least we'll give them something. And there'll be be some parents that aren't comfortable and maybe they won't bring their kids out to training. And that's fine. You know, it has to be comfortable for the for the player and the parents to make sure it's safe and we're doing a good job in that regard so it's uh, going to be exciting yeah looking forward to it for sure yeah no I was, oh, we were all part of the assessment process and I, I don't know about you guys but i feel that um you know there might be a little bit of a place not necessarily for socially or physically distanced training sessions but some of those elements like dribbling and running with the ball the passing and receiving the shooting and things like that uh, might look to be maybe implemented too in the future who knows um rather than just having kids play games, right? Yeah. I, well, I mean, at the moment, we can't even play games. It's that socially distanced uh, yeah. working, although we can work with those groups of eight. It doesn't mean you can actually play a match. Yeah. To just tack on to what Dee just said there, I mean, <clears throat> our intent with with this club is not to have mass player evaluations every six months, Yeah, which has been the norm in the past. We're going to embed our assessment program within the league play, within the training that the kids do. So they're going to be getting assessed all of the time when they're with Phoenix. And then any new players that come into the club, we will embed those players into training sessions with the teams to see how they fit in there. And then coaches and the technical staff will make decisions in a more comfortable environment for players to get assessed rather than this, you know, show up on this day, and there's all these eyes looking at you to see if you'll make the team and the, all the stress that goes with that. We, we want to alleviate that stress by creating an environment that is more enjoyable mm-hmm. and a learning environment as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, you come to a tryout and you play a game. What learning is taking place? Very little. Well, and an athlete could feel a little off that day and not perform to their top level spot they can. So, I mean, it makes a huge difference. Like you said, it could be comfortable just have it throughout the year. I've, I've seen it both ways, to be honest. I've seen it uh, the way that you're talking about where athletes are just, you know, in a new environment, they're uncomfortable and, and you know, they don't perform uh, probably to their ability. And then I've seen it the opposite way as well, too, where there's just players that are trial players. They just, they know how to, to bunker it yeah. in and, and get themselves in there. But then they're selected for the squad and they don't actually They don't perform. show up. They don't perform <laughs> for the... For so, the, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, you come to a tryout, you're playing a game, whether it's 11 v 11 or a small set of game, whatever it's going to be, and and you can get a little snapshot of that player from a te- technical standpoint yeah, and m- maybe a tactical standpoint as well mm-hmm. and a little bit of physical, you know, how they run, how they move, et cetera. So you, you get those three components. Not not a full picture, but you, get, you just get a snapshot. Of course. If you're looking at those players over a full season – you're getting all four corners, which is the mental, mental, emotional side as well, right? Yeah. And the psychological side. And you can't see that at a tryout. No. You, you, you have no, no idea how players are going to react to certain situations. You know, they've had a bad day at school. Do they come to training and they're not very nice people? You know, how are they going to fit with the team? How are they going to fit with the other teammates? How are they going to get on with the coaches? How will the coaches get on with them? Yeah. You know, the other way. So... I think it's important that we get more of a holistic profile of a player than just those 
little snippets that we yeah have. for sure and you know what we're, we're actually going to take our first break here and, I, and i'm glad you finished on that uh, thought there sean because uh, the next thing we're going to talk about after the break is is getting into a little bit more of the coaching side and uh just discussing I, I, almost everyone here at this club is is doing some form of uh coaching licensing upgrades and just with the Canadian Soccer Association implementing some new youth licensing programs, everyone here is in the process of, of completing these new licenses. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Outback RV. Discover the Outback at Outback Country RV, Sherwood Park's first RV dealer. And we're back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ah, it's been a little bit. Just getting rolling again and getting back into the frame of mind of bantering and chatting and stuff. Um, Before the last break, we started touching a little bit on... It's sort of a, a Sean had mentioned a holistic approach to training and and working. I actually, you know, I'll come out right away. I mean, it's a catchphrase people use quite a bit now in, in the training of athletes, and in particular in in soccer, it's um, it's something they throw out there quite a bit. And the word holistic, what I'm, what does it mean exactly? You know <laughs> what? I'm, I'm I bet you any people are like you know I hear that a lot. What the heck does holistic mean? Does it mean going on holiday? No, wouldn't it be great? Because every every license you'd be going on holiday then. Yeah. <laughs> so it just means encompassing everything is what holistic means. So it's every aspect, and as as Sean alluded to earlier, the four pillars in particular for soccer, which are physical, physical, technical, technical, tactical, tactical. Mental or social emotional. Oh wow! You see, now that that's a triple triple feature. That last one, <laughs> it's it's actually um, it's almost five because it's sort of put technical and tactical together. Yeah, and then it, they go psychological, and then social emotional is separate. Yeah, uh, w- and then physical, which which makes a ton of sense, and that leads us into how the youth youth licensing's been going. Because I know definitely both you gentlemen have been involved in that. I mine is supposed to start in summer i have no idea i still haven't heard back but uh i'm sure i will hear back soon enough i've talked to enough people within the the realm and the csa to to figure it out so it's something they're going to be doing yeah so uh, we, we might just want to explain the change in mm-hmm. for sure in licensing what's yeah. happening in canada so in the past we'll just talk about the the recent past not the not long, the way long back. ago past when I first started doing my licensing, but the recent past. The 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 pathway was this. It would be take your pre B, yeah, it was called, mm-hmm. and then take your provincial B license. B license. Your national B license, and then take your A license. Yes. So what they what can the soccer have decided to do, and most soccer playing countries in the world do this. They separated the children's and the youth component from the adult component. So in uh, in the past, you you take your your B license. That would be for everything. So your all your, levels, youth, children, yeah, whatever. Adult. Right, yeah. you've got your B license, but yeah. really, it's for the eleven side game with players above age seventeen. Is what mm-hmm. the what the B license and the A license and the and the eventual pro license, pro license. are. Yeah. So they've said okay. So now we've got youth players. 
from 17 down. So are they all the same? No, they're not. They're different. So they've went, okay, age 13 to 17, we'll do the youth license, and 12 and below will be the children's license. So they've really identified that you need to teach players different things at different age groups. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Of course it does. You're not going to coach a four-year-old the same as what you would coach a 17-year-old. So they just broke it down into those types of uh, licenses. Yeah. So a youth license is the exact same as the A license. Same same level, but it's diff- different content, different yeah. different audience, etc. Yeah. Children's children's license is the same as the youth license and the A license. Mm-hmm. You know, so they advanced licenses for coaches that want to aspire to to be leaders and to work with other coaches and to make sure that the mm-hmm. right information is getting across to the players. Yeah. So, and also understand this, folks. These aren't weekend courses like you would take for soccer for life or, or even your your community your, or your C C license, which is just below the pre B or you know, or just bef- before any of these youth or child licenses. Um, these courses are twelve to eighteen months long. Um, so it's it's substantial work that goes into it. It's substantial for the people that are involved because all of these coaches that are involved are still coaching at the same time and doing their regular um, work within the clubs that they're working with. Um, so, I mean, you have, to, you have to know that these people work extremely hard at what they do uh, to hone their skills to be able to coach the athletes that are within these clubs. Um, and I just throw that out there because I don't know if there's a lot of people who truly understand, oh, you get a coaching license and you move on. It's, it's like going to university. It's, it's, you know, although it's only a year, year and a half, it's still at, at quite a long level or a high level in regards to the learning that goes on and, and what's being asked of each individual that, uh, that's part of these courses. So do, do, now that we're there and we un- have an understanding, how are you guys coping with this are you are you okay are you not okay yeah yeah no it's been tougher than you thought yeah i think the the level of detail within the modules that we you know we've been 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 given is has been fantastic they've they've given us the opportunity to um understand you know we've been in the children's license to understand um what we should be looking to deliver for the for that age group from five to twelve you know um like sean had alluded to they're not 17 year olds so Mm -hmm. um you know take take that win first mentality away and and look to 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 bring in that you know developmental first the player first mentality into um developing that that age group and really looking to put forward um put forward an approach where you're helping those players fall in love with the football ma- for football game. Yeah. Simple and plain. Yeah. Um, becoming, you know, n- not necessarily going out there and just running drills and things like that, but, you know, getting back a little bit more to small-sided games and getting those things in, in, encompassed and being creative with some of the with some of the training sessions that it's created. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's been very, very enlightening for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah, I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying the, the process. And what about yourself? Yeah, what's 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 interesting is, um, you know, it's not a case of just knowing the game, like the game itself. It's not about that. It's about learning about the players themselves. And good coaches have done this for years. They they used to be called man management. I don't know what the proper term is now. No, but, but I, I know I know exactly what you're saying. You know, yeah. I mean, 
there's a player that you need to to scold, and a player you need to put your arm around them and give them love. Yeah. Right. So uh, the stick and the carrot, well, what whatever type of terminology you want to use. So mm-hmm. it's realizing about the players themselves and what the player needs to help them develop. Mm-hmm. And it's been around for years. I mean, the best coaches that I've been involved with were the ones that could manage players. Yeah. And they manage players well. And knowing what to say to a player at a certain, certain, certain uh, incident or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, that's what I'm getting most out of these, these courses. It's now formalizing that where in the past, the coaches just did that on their own. Yeah. They realized what they had to do for certain situations certain moments, either during games or training sessions or team meetings or whatever, to help players develop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Kanda Soccer is trying to do. Well, and, and that's that would have been my next step or my next question. Do you think the CSA is, you know, I, I was actually on a phone call um, recently or a team meeting type thing where they were just trying to explain some of the uh, procedures and the direction that they're actually trying to take programs in. Uh, this was more the the player development program that they run, um, but still, uh, you know, giving you a bit of insight as to what they're looking for from a coaching standpoint. And do you think the CSA has thought this through and is working through this? And it's I, I only say that because I haven't started the course yet, so uh, yeah. I'm just curious to know if the, they're on the right track. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they just didn't invent this on their own. They went out and looked at other, other associations, yeah. federations throughout the world yeah. to get best practices mm-hmm. and then trying to implement that within the CSA coach education department. Yeah. Have they done a good job? Yeah, I think they have. Yeah. Am I totally happy with the youth license that I'm on right now? No, I'm absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I think it has not been a good experience. Yeah. Uh, but it's more COVID related. I was gonna, just going to say it would have to be more than, because you're used to more of an in-person, yeah. live, on-field type scenario or in so, classroom. So it's it's not it's not the con it's not the content is the issue. Yeah, it was the in my opinion, and I expressed this to to Jim Lachlan and Jason DeVos, who are the the guys responsible for this now. Mm-hmm. It was the type of learning where we only. In the youth license, anyway, it was different in the children's, and D can uh, speak about that. Um, but it was, here's a video of a lecture. Listen to the lecture, and away you go. There was no interaction between anybody, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a shame. And I'm not, I'm not blaming CSA. No. Uh, it, uh, it's just the, the way COVID, it is right COVID. now with COVID. Yeah. But on other licenses, they were a bit better mm-hmm. in regards to that. So... You know, and I was quite forthright with with Jim and and Jason, saying this has to be fixed. Like you know, and, and they know it themselves. Yeah. So, and and it will get fixed. Yeah. And 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 yourself. D- yeah. No, I think with anything, there's uh there's you know some learning curves and 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 whatnot to to be able to you know, uh you know put out a successful coach education program. Uh, we have to we have to remember that online coach education did not exist <laughs> it wasn't something that was a part of um it was a part of the the thought process for csa and and the and the provinces but it it was you know within time and really because of covid they were just they were their hand was forced to them right so they they really had to get stuck in with how they were going to deliver these programs so um i actually when i took my children's license it was still in person so we went through that that was over the course of three months and the interactions, the full days, it, it, it was a tedious, you know, three days 
uh, on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was a bit tedious. You're you're there for eight hours a day. The first day uh, of the course, we you know spent eight hours in a classroom straight. And yeah, and for for some people, for me, I felt that found that a little bit difficult. Just I I don't have an attention span, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, what? Hard, I, right? I don't think you're you're alone in that. I I, th- I think there's many. Many people who learn in different fashions, different ways. Some are are more book learned. Some are more practical. We are on field doing things a little bit more, and and finding that contrast to complement both uh, yeah. is the tough thing. And I and I guess these people in these courses that design them have to really or they try and think that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 my 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 experience though on because I also just took part of the B license as well. And my my experience, and I explained this to Sean, it was the opposite. It was the opposite of what Sean's feelings were. So we had we had a facilitator. We had the modules. We met every Sunday on a Zoom call. Um, we had a cohort of of eight coaches, you know, from throughout Western Canada, and we were able to, um, you know, build that course. And it was it was a year long. It was no sorry, just under a year long. Mm-hmm. However, it was a very different experience. So I think that it's a learning curve. Yeah. That everybody's just going to take bits and parts of how things went, mm-hmm. take the feedback from from the coaches that have been on the different courses, and then always look to try to improve. Just like we do every day as as coaches, as directors, as as people. Just like we ask for our players to you yeah. know look to develop. I think that everybody, um, maybe some patience is is needed for this front coming for this online, um, you know, coach education yeah. stream. But for me, the B license, the way that it had was perfect for me because mm-hmm. I can go away for a week. I can know what the module is about. I could, I could, I could take the, you know, take some of the pre-assignments that we asked for our facilitator to, to provide us. Say, hey, can you, can you give us a little bit of uh, some pre-work? Not very much, but so we can be ready for the weekend. So I can do that and then I can go in it. So for me, that it worked it out was, well. It for was you. great. Yeah, yeah, it was. And you were about to add. Yeah. Uh, online learning is not going away. No, no, of course not. It's it's not. It's it's still going to, and it was always CSA's opinion that online would would start. Yeah. But it was going to be a blended online learning, mm. online learning where you do some online and did do some classwork on field or in the classroom or whatever. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to be a blended approach uh, moving forward. And I, and I have a I have a strong feeling that this the goalkeeping element once this course starts, we will be at a stage where we can be working outdoors and and in a group setting. I'm I'm thinking, you know. It, yeah, because uh, every single course I've been on um, with the licensing stream, you learn more from the other coaches than what you do from the instructor. Yeah, for sure. You know, because everyone has different experiences. Everyone, uh, you know, particularly with the licensing courses where you've got people from other parts of the country involved. I mean, what they do in Ontario, you can learn from that. And what we do in Alberta, they can learn from us as well. Of so, you know, to me, that's, that's where the real learning takes place. It's just that interaction with with colleagues, and having a bit of banter and laugh, etc. Um, that definitely so, adds to the experience. So that that has to be there. Yeah. But I agree, the on, online component will stay. Or some of it will stay online, mm-hmm. and it should stay online because you don't need to be come together for a lot of the stuff that they're teaching. No, and the, and the distances, of course, if you get the the, the CSA guys, their head offices are in uh, Ontario. You've got other elements of the CSA. Some of them are. 
you know, in, in other parts of the country, uh, well, I mean, they come the, together. Like, the top guy in coach education in Canada is, is living in Wetaskiwin in Alberta. So, it, yeah, know. and you go from that to another guy in Saskatchewan who yeah. is another head of some of the some of the licensing programs as well. So, um, listen, we're going to take our next break, and when we come back, we're going to touch a little bit on uh, you know some of this licensing and how we actually introduce it uh, into our youth and just thoughts. From, from both these gentlemen and and myself in regards to what's too young for, for kids to start learning at a higher level. We'll uh, be right back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. <laughs> this episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is sponsored by Outback RV. Discover the Outback at Outback Country RV, Sherwood Park's first RV dealer. And we're back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. I almost ran out of breath there, but I caught myself just in time. Um, we've been talking a little bit uh, about youth licensing. Easy, easy, no, easy. I'm about to cough, Hold and I'm, I'm, I'm holding back the cough. It's not laughter. Um, Thank God there's a screen in between. Us. Yeah, exactly. We've got these plexiglass screens in front of each other here at the uh, lovely studio. I, just call it, I always call it a studio. It's a boardroom, right? A giant boardroom. That's what it is. The microphones are set up and it looks cool. We're just happy that we're just happy that the cars haven't started up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a mechanic yeah. shop next door. Yeah. I, we had a team meeting uh, yesterday, and and the and the motorcycles were revving like crazy. It was it was unbelievable. But uh, oh, what? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, my question that I was going to throw out there is: Can athletes be coached at a higher level when they are young? Now, I'm talking like U8, U9, U10. Obviously, they should just be, as you alluded to earlier, D, just enjoying the game and just be gaining that love of the game. But so my thought is, is A, can you coach at a higher level with them? I guess everything's kind of relative. And what age group would you think you could start expressing more <clears throat> content that's going to be at a greater level, both tactically and I guess not so much tech, I guess technically could be part of it as well. Thoughts? Um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big ask. This is a very touchy subject. Of course, it is. Uh, there's lots of opinions about this. You know, should we select kids as part of this? This as well. But back to what we talked about in that holistic, yeah, in quotation mark, yeah, phrase. We have to look at the player. Yeah, it's based upon the player, and if there's a player that you need that needs to be pushed up a little bit, then you push them up a little bit. The yeah. player that needs to go down a little bit, you push that player down a little bit. And we have to realize that all players have a different journey in their development. Of course. And they might get pushed one year and then put down the next year. Um, that's what it's about. It's not about what is the, the appropriate age to start introducing all these different topics or yeah. whatever. It depends on the player. Yeah, that's where it comes. It's it's not it's not age based. No, and I, and I guess that's why coaches go and and uh, go through the process of taking all these different licensings to allow them that a little bit more knowledge and understanding to realize the player they have in front of them and yeah, whether or so not. A great example. Oh, sorry to cut you off there. No, no. Great example. Two players, Freddie Adu. Mm -hmm. And Alfonso Davis. Okay. 
very similar paths. Totally. Right? Initially, yep. Freddie Adu shouldn't have been placed in the position he was at that age. Alfonso, it made sense for him because he then progressed. You know, so it, it's a tough one. Like, yeah. Freddie Adu is nobody now in the in the world of How soccer. How long ago was that, though, when Freddie? Because he was 14 when he came into the yeah. MLS when it first, in its first inklings, actually, yeah, wasn't it? Probably it? 15 years ago or something. Yeah. I don't know what, I can't remember. But, you know, very similar, you know, mm-hmm. the, the expectations. Superstar younger age group. Whatever. And, yeah. So it depends on the player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think you touched on it right there. I think they went into those environments when they were 14 or 15. Yeah, you're not even you're not even at a point where you're mature yet. I, I I would I would I would like to do a test, you know, with with people, with a group of people and get the same kids, okay? Get the same kids, 8, 10 kids, whatever, 12 kids and get them to show up at a soccer pitch, all right? With and dressed whatever whatever clothing that they want to wear and put them on the pitch and have a coach coach them. And then the next day get a different group of people in put soccer jerseys and, and, and kits on, on the same kids, and have, and, and, and have the same coach coach them and see what the perspective and what the, what the ideologies of those, those people that are observing. Because I think it's all perception, all right? If you call your program an elite program, if you call your program uh, uh, this program, high performance, and you use all these taglines, does that make your program um, a high level? Because you're really dealing with 8, 9, and 10-year-old kids. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of the day, some of them might not even have played soccer for the f- for their first time yet. Yeah, some of them may may have been in grassroots programs since four, but they're still eight and nine year old kids. Mm-hmm. They haven't hit their first a uh, growth spurt yet. They haven't hit their second growth spurt yet. Your our job for that age group is trying to make sure that we can provide a program that kids can enjoy being a part of something. There yeah. should not be stressors at eight, nine, and ten year olds. There should not be demands at eight, nine, and ten years old. There sh- there, kids need to enjoy the game. Otherwise, you'll have the adverse effect. And by fourteen, they might not even be playing anymore. Yeah, and that and that goes to the the next question: What is an appropriate age? And as you've alluded to, I, I think it really depends a on the player. If you're dealing with a younger player, and then as the older players start coming up, they're going to be the ones that crave. A little bit more. If the more, the longer they stay in the sport, and the more they want to achieve um, at whatever levels they're at, that allows itself to be open to different types of information that's going to be uh, on of a higher learning. Yeah, it's it's a funny old game. It's uh, you know, there's not one size fits all. No, uh, you know, it's it's all it's all over the map. I mean, you like they just talked about the the structure. If we have them all in a box, it probably a physical distance training. Yeah, but yeah, of course, of course. If, you, if you had them, you know, every single player in a box on the same line, you know, doing some ball, ball mastery, you know, little tricks and flicks and feints and all that sort of stuff. And away they go and, and they're great with the ball at their feet and they can do all these tricks and feints. Yeah. Or you throw them into a game and then do some coaching in the game and not doing the repetition of the ball mastery, who is going to be a more skillful player in the end? Yeah. You know, is it the ball, the kid that does the ball mastery on their own with a ball, very, very structured, or the kid who's just playing out there with older kids and younger kids and kids of different abilities? You know, who's, who's, going, to be, who's going to be the more skillful player? 
Yeah. It could it could go either way. It could go either way. And I and I think there's there's uh, the whole aspect of creativity which comes from that secondary phase where you're just throwing them out on the field and just just play. Especially at the younger age groups. That's where they're gonna gain creativity. That's when they're gonna gain Oh, I could do this. Oh, I, oh, I can do this. If it's structured, they're now, told to do this. Now, we have to be careful. Of course. We can't just say, okay, away you go, do whatever, whatever you want. No, 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 of course. Uh, I mean, there's got to be some parameters and maybe some rules and, uh, you Bit know. Bit of a guideline. Uh, yeah. Guiding players to do certain things. I mean, that's, mm. that's good quality coaching. So my point is, I don't think there's one particular way to do it. I think there's several ways. Mm-hmm. But I would lean more towards the chaos uh-huh. than the absolute structure. Mm-hmm. And and what type of game are you playing? Right? Are you going to say, "Hey, well, let's play a game," and you throw eight year old eight year olds to play an eleven v eleven match? No, that's not going to. Sorry, yeah, you, that's no. not that's not right for them. Yeah, can you play a game? Can it be? Can you create a trading session or, or that is maybe too many games, and. Uh, and it involves maybe uh, another aspect. So, you know, again, taking some things we took from the children's license, there was um, three games that you were playing in, in the one session. You're playing a 3v3 game on one field. You're playing um, a 4v4 game on another field. And then you're actually playing tic-tac-toe on a, on a coaching board. But there's different aspects of it. So it's about adding creativity into your training session plan and 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 being able to, you know, get, uh, get kids not just thinking you know, one directionally, thinking about different things. So mm-hmm. if you scored a goal in, in, in your 3v3 game, um, you had to go, you know, put your X on the, on, the, on the tic-tac-toe board and then you merged over to the other field. So what happens now is that that creates actually a 3v2 on this field over here and a 5v4 on that over field over here. So then it's, it's about managing situations. You're telling, the, the kids are still playing games, but they're now managing, oh, well, we're down a man, coach, this is unfair. Well, no, deal with it. It's, it's one of those things. So it's, it's, it's about more of that structure, but unstructured. You know what I'm yeah, trying to say? No, trying to have a balance between, yeah. between both, but also as a coach, trying to be creative in how you're designing those training session plans. Wow. Am I going to have to do this with goalkeepers? Okay, you three are over here. You two are over there. <laughs> I don't know if I could pull that one off for game situations. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think being creative well, and having, having no, the, no, the I, goal. The, the thing is, is, it's for this age group, this, this 5 to 12 age group, is that you have to be able to attach something that there is is potentially a goal to get. Of course, some right? value for There's the kids. There's a value to, for the yeah. kids. Okay, yeah. so why am I standing here uh, doing... Uh, a ball mastery if 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 I'm going to do this for 15 minutes when there's no opponent or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can potentially do a ball mastery session, but incorporate um, uh, a little small-sided game in there. So, you know, discs and domes is a, is a game that we play where, you know, you, you have to, you have discs and domes. One's, one's you know, flipped on, on right side up and one's upside down. Well, they've got to do a little ball mastery exercise and, and they have to flip a, a dome over and then have to dribble over to the other side because they want to make sure that their team has the most domes that are flipped over and they're rah, rah, rah. And, yeah. and so they're, they're, there's that element of competition. Some competitive Elements aspect, of, yeah. of, of creativity. And then you give them those ball mastery. Okay, when you're dribbling across to the other side, can you look to you know inco- incorporate some sort of ball mastery uh, skill mm-hmm. skill set? So it's I think it's about thinking outside the box a little bit more trying to uh, always have that element of competition involved in, in the session and having the kids enjoy it and have fun. Yeah. 
that's the other thing that I always shake my head at when I when I hear it all the time about no scores, no standings. Mm. You know, it creates so much hatred in the soccer community with parents, etc. You know, you got you got to have scores. We we got to find out who's the best and who's the worst. You know, that just goes back to such an <coughs> old school way of thinking. But that's that's the way it is, and it's still that way yeah, now. No, I, I, know I mean it we're is. we're not getting away from that. I'm, and but it's not about taking competitive spirit out of players. You're trying to instill a competitive spirit in players where it's most needed. And that is, if I'm in a game, 1v1, I'm a right back, playing against the left winger, I've got to make sure that I do a better job than the left winger. And I win that one-on-one battle on the field. It's got nothing to do with the goals we score, but if I'm better than the left winger, I have now helped my team have a chance to win the game. So we've got to create those that winning mentality or that competitiveness in everything we do on the field. Yeah, that makes total sense. You know, and if eight, talking about 11 v 11 now, yeah. eight out of the 11 players on my team succeed are better than eight players on their team. They only have three that are better than three of ours. I think we're going to probably win the game. Yeah, most likely. You know, so worry about, your competitiveness when it's one-on-one situations, making sure you get a quality uh, ball into the box, make sure you get that head away, make sure you block uh, block a shot, make mm. sure you stop a cross coming into the box. That's being competitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, n- it's not the score at the end of the game. Yep. No. I absolutely agree. I, I, I get a kick out of sometimes when you see the percentages and things of players or teams, when you see one team's had like 73% of the, the play and the other team's in the... So, 20% and the 20% something yeah. wins. Here's, here's an interesting conversation I had with Jason DeVos just two days ago. We're talking mm-hmm. about this. And we're talking about Alfonso and Jonathan David and the quality players that are playing for Canada right now yeah. going forward. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we have the best Canadian team ever, I believe, since I've been involved in soccer in Canada go on an attacking basis going forward. Mm-hmm. We have so much skill compared to what we've had in the past. But we're not very good defensively. You know, we used to be very very good goalkeepers, right backs, centre backs, backs, left backs, holding midfield players, tons of them. Extremely sound. But we didn't have a lot of creativity. You know, we had some, but not as many as that that we should have. It's flipped. Mm -hmm. And it flipped because back in the 80s, when we qualified for the World Cup and when we were playing, we had those defensive players and Canada soccer rightly, or soccer in general said, okay, we need to do more ball mastery to create more skillful players. So the curve methodology and all these things about just work, just work on getting these players to be more attack minded. We forgot about the defensive side of the game. Yeah, You know, that's where this holistic approach comes in where we need to create players that can go forward players that can defend yeah more well-rounded you know uh, and that's what it's about well i mean i i think it's a, a fantastic subject that we could probably just banter and talk about for yeah i mean i think speaking about uh you know the the way that our national team programs are going it's 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 great to be you know, uh, a Canadian, you know, football enthusiast and, and a fan of Canadian football right now. I, I, I really think so. Like, 
you know, we've got some of the top, you know, stars coming on the male side. Our female, you know, program, they just had a qualifiers, you know, this past, uh, you know, international window. And and we've got new spirit with the new manager and Bev Priestman uh, in, in the squad. And, and, you know, she's brought in, you know, some 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 new blood as well. And and it's just, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm well, let's, uh, we, we can get into about, that. We were going to talk about, about World Cup uh, qualifying and... Yeah, about, and about our game EPL stuff let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about the females game. that same conversation I had with Jason uh, just a couple of days ago and we're talking about it getting a coach on on licensing etc and um, you know I, I said to him I says Jason I, I think we're going to qualify like I really think our men's team are going to qualify for the World Cup that's exciting yeah it's exciting for yeah. sure you know I, I've just got this good feeling that, that we will it's the year it's the time uh, yeah I mean if anybody, if anybody is sat in a room when uh, when John Herdman, you know, is is um, you know presenting, absolutely amazing. What through. a presenter! You'll absolutely run through. You wouldn't even have to be on. He might not even know you at all. Yeah. You'll still run through a wall for the guy. That's just how you know in, encapsulating he is. Yeah. Just he just he brings you in, and I can only imagine what that what that feels for both when our women's national team was able to to be coached by him, and now. With what he's doing here with uh, with the with the male with the male team and and credit to also the developmental programs like Sean was saying like mm-hmm. we've we've got the developmental programs in it was massive when the MLS came into into Canada now with the, with the CPL you know on board as well too and and everybody looking to you know bring football to the forefront in this country it's just it's just absolutely exciting times ahead yeah I mean. We have some issues as well, but well, of, of course, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. But um, definitely, it's it's a positive situation right now with Canadian soccer compared yeah. to what it's been in the past. It's 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 very nice to see. I was uh, lucky enough to see some of the the last men's qualifying games, and of course, the the one expected win was against. Well, I mean, both games that they played recently were you, you expected them to win, but that eleven. Nothing game was. I mean, the team they're playing. Who? They, I'm trying to remember which team it was. Now that they played, that was eleven nil. Yeah, yeah, a lot of blank stares in this room so at the moment. Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands. There we go. Is that what it was? I believe so. No, I, can't I, believe so. I can't remember either. I believe but. it was a Cayman Islands. But you know, an interesting thing to that as well, too, right? Is is that in that squad? There's there's players that have you know Canadian descent within their families that are actually looking to represent Canada. You know. In the past, the the Asmir Begoviches of the world, the Owen Hargraves of the world, they are Canadians that decided to play for you know their their families' birth countries, and you're we're seeing you know the opposite really right now We've, with with the young kid from from Wolves, uh, you know Theo uh, Corbino, a seventeen year old lad. He's he's of he Romanian descent. Good. When he came on, oh, he looked outstanding. It's gonna be, it's it's yeah, it's good. And then there was another, there was another lad from Portugal and and and, and Scotland and 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 things like that. So it's, you know, the, I think out of you know the you know the lines on the pitch, the work that it's also been done to find these talented uh, um, players that you know have nationality or Canadian descent is 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 you know has to be praised as well a little bit. Yeah, and you and you were right. It's, it was the Cayman Islands. Hey, I just, I just went to double check and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some good results, right? So like, it's good. It's positive. We need, we need those. And I think that it's hard sometimes when you play those matches because mm-hmm. you, you might not, you know, might not get up for it. 
Yeah. But it just it speaks volumes when when there's approaches is is we want to get we want to get the record. We so now to, and their next game uh, I can't remember what the score it was another win obviously. Um but they now they're qualified they don't play again until June. Is it June's yeah, the next match? The next window. Uh, next June's, June's the next window. Okay. Yeah. So so they got a couple of more qualifying matches then. Did they get to a cuz I mean it's coming up. Yeah, so if they win the group, then they're through to the next round. Yeah. And then they'll play a playoff game. Um, who's it again? I believe it's Haiti. Potentially. Yeah, potentially Haiti. Okay. They win that, then they get into the... The hex or whatever they call it's it. the octagon Octagon. There's, <laughs> there's eight of them, I think. Yeah. Well, because there's more teams that can qualify, right? Yeah, Based because the of COVID, they didn't finish off the, champion, the Nations League yeah. thing and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be exciting, I, I, and I and I, I'm feeling the same way you are. I think this is this is Canada's time to. We can't get ahead of ourselves. No, no, I mean, no. We've, we've been here before. There's yeah, still a lot of games to play. Oh, for sure. And anything can happen. But, yeah. You know, I've I've certainly got this feeling that we have the squad there to mm-hmm. to get it done. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm hoping that'll be there. I'm hoping they'll show a little bit more. I do not have one soccer, and I, I guess I'm going to have to look at doing that. I have another means of seeing the games, <laughs> so I won't get into that too much. And what but, means is that? Oh well, it's just uh, you know, I mean, there's there's devices you can uh, you can utilize purchase. to actually uh, see games and matches. But anyways, um, I digress. I think Neymar uses them as well too, so you're yeah, fine. Well, I'm sure I'm sure most of them. It was funny. The initial thought of those types of devices was from a pro player that played for FC Edmonton oh, wow. when we were on a trip in Scotland. And he's like, oh, yeah, I watch the news from home all the time. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're in Scotland. And he showed me this little device that he had that allowed him to get all the, uh, all the shows he needed from Canada when, when he wasn't home. So that was, it was very interesting. It's incredible. But, yeah, so, like soccer's coming, soccer's coming hard and fast, right? MLS is starting up this weekend. Um, CONCACAF Champions League is, yeah. is on the go right now. It was, well. it was interesting seeing some of the World Cup qualifying from around the world, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the matches, again, that I was able to see were pretty interesting. And um, some of the teams that are out already, based on the European qualifiers that were going on, was, was pretty interesting. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. There was one big name in particular that was out or, or struggled. I mean, Germany lost, did they not? Germany lost. That's the team. They're out. They've just started not, the World Cup. They haven't. Yeah, yeah. They're not out. They've just they, started the World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, right. that's yeah. right. That's right. So you might have been thinking about the Euro. Euro. Oh, it might have been Euros. Yeah. It yeah. might have been Euros. There's some qualifier. playoff games with the Euros. Yeah. 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 Could have been it. It's good. TFC played yesterday. Um, Exhibition? No. Uh, CONCACAF. Champions oh, that's right. League. That's right. Yeah. Second leg. They had 10 first team players out of the squad and went in, uh, went in to play the second leg against the... Uh, the Liga MX champions Leon and and beat them two one um, and knocked them out of the out of the, the wow. tournament. Yeah, so massive result. That's there's a there's a new coach in Chris Amos there at uh, I think it's how you say Armis Chris Armis maybe I'm not, I'm uh, sure. out at TFC. Um, lots of young kids. Michael Bradley was absolutely unreal. He's a great player. Oh, he was unreal yesterday. Just watching how he controls the middle of the field. He bossed it box to box, left to right, like oh, unbelievable. He's getting up there too. I mean, not, oh, he's yeah. not ancient by any means, but he's, uh, he's, he's getting be, up there, yeah, isn't he's he? He's got to be mid-30s now. Wow. I'm sure. Close to. 
Yeah, he's a good player, but um, he doesn't come across as a nice human being. You don't think? No. I see. I don't know if I've ever seen interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I don't know. I said this. <laughs> so uh, I I don't think the U.S. Soccer Federation had a holistic approach to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gonna have to jump on that page. Holy yeah. cow! I'm looking at the clock now, and uh, we, we've been at this for quite some time, boys. No, it's, I think yeah. it's time to CPL wrap CPL started. Get CPL. Yeah, the, CPL well, just started, training. Training right? camp starting. Yeah, teams are out there and. Atletico Ottawa is in Spain. Yeah, how does that, how do you feel about that? Oh, man. We had snow here. When is it? A week Saturday. ago or something like that. <laughs> and and so the guys are probably all thinking, oh man, training yeah. here. They're lucky they're in an indoor setup, setup at the moment, yeah. but they want to move to the outdoor. And uh, yeah, but there's some clubs <laughs> that potentially haven't even started, right? Like uh, like York York not York United now. Sorry, um, they haven't even started the training camp just with the quarantine and, and the issues and uh you know within FC Edmonton they're they're going right now but I Calgary just started up as well Calgary's did they not up, but I believe those squads are paying big big money almost two thousand dollars a week to get tested and uh, it's no it's two thousand dollars every time they test every time they, they, they test, have to yeah. test every two days I believe oh okay. my god yeah it's insane that's crazy yeah it's yeah. insane now we we alluded to them or we talked about them off off air uh, Valor, have they started up yet? Do you yeah, know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm they have. Pretty sure they would. Have. Never, I don't know if how many people in Winnipeg are going to be listening, but we were we were throwing pelters. <laughs> That's and, uh, a random uh, thing. Uh, to ask. I know. It's just we were talking about it and talking yeah. about being in Winnipeg. Anyway, <laughs> we won't go there. I'll stay away from it. But uh, yeah, no. And then Champions League wrapped up. We got the final four teams uh, in the Champions League um, after yesterday. And you said the tie was already the tie. Yeah, was already so, set, right? so Chelsea is playing. So Chelsea knocked off Porto. Chelsea playing PSG, maybe. No, oh, I thought it was City PSG. What's that? City PSG. Yeah, so Chelsea's playing. Is it Dortmund? No, 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 no. not Dortmund. Real Madrid. Yeah. Be Liverpool. Yeah. How do I not know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd figure you'd figure that oh, one out, man. Was it was it close? Uh, was it not close? Well, I mean, it could have been close. Salah missed the sitter within inside the, th- the three minutes. Ball popped up. He's he's about twelve, fourteen yards out and oh, shot it right at the goalkeeper. That that would have been that would have been able to turn a little bit of the tide. But after that, it was. And I do have to see Newcastle won on the weekend. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> I saw that. They so. did. I saw that as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing for Newcastle. That's a good result. Uh, yeah, well, it's good because now I think we're six points out of relegation zone. So because who's who's in there right now? Sheffield United's they're done. They're gone. No, yeah. they're still coming. No, they're, Sheffield they're, United. Uh, which one? There was one that's really close though. Fulham. Fulham. No, it wasn't Fulham either. It was. I'm trying to think of West, the. It's. I think the bottom three right now are are Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United. Sheffield United, I think, is like 14 points or something like that. <sighs> I think if I'm right, I think no, I'm, I'm going to my. I'm going to the computer here. <laughs> and we're going to uh, see what the detail is. Yeah, West West Brom and West Brom and Fulham are. I, I mean, Fulham have a chance. I mean, they're yeah. the closest, right? Is that who it is? Is they're the closest? Am I? Uh, man, I. I look at the tables and it, okay, Bright, here we go. Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle, kind of the next three that are. You're yeah. right. Newcastle's on 32 points and Fulham's on 26. How many points? And they're just underneath. How many points does Sheffield have? Sheffield's got a whopping 14 points. <laughs> You're buying me lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a slice of the pizza I have in the fridge. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, but I thought someone, oh, maybe it was one of the other teams that were able to get themselves way out of the. The whole. I think Brighton's been doing pretty well. 
Well, it might have been. It might have been. Yeah. No, Burnley lost their last game. I can't remember. Anyways, Brighton's done okay. They've gotten themselves, but they're only on thirty-three points. They're only a point behind mm-hmm. or point ahead of uh, Newcastle. So another win from Newcastle could throw them up into fourteenth. They could be tied with Southampton. Yeah, yeah. Throw and them then, up there. Yeah, and then on the top end of things, you know, Dave McCarthy's. Uh, uh, West Ham United fa- fighting for a Champions League spot. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. They're they're right up there. They're in fourth right now. Yeah. How many games they played? W- West Ham? No, uh, like in general. I think they play like thirty two. Most of them are on. There's a few teams that are on thirty games. Some are on thirty two. Um, I think there's about no one seven, lower than that. Seven or eight games left. So, so Aston six, Villa has six games left. And yeah, thirty eight uh, is the game. Yeah, Aston Villa and Everton have the. The extra games in hand at the moment. That fourth, that f- yeah, that fourth Champions League spot is is going to be. I think there's West Ham, um, Liverpool, Chelsea. I don't know if Tottenham's still kind of in the mix. Hey, Daniel. Um, <laughs> there's two teams. There's two teams on uh, 32 games right now. Yeah, Man City's one of them, but they're so far ahead of everybody. They're, yeah, they're, City looks like City United at the top. Like uh, how United are. Doing it, it's unbelievable. You know but, what? They've they've won it. four in a row. Yeah, but they're four doing in it. a row. Man City yeah. lost their last game, so yeah, City lost. Is this still a podcast or just a conversation? <laughs> no, <we're laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? And on that note, we will wrap things up here with the podcast. Uh, it, it, it's been a lot of fun, Sean. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, D. Thanks. thanks. Lovely, to Dan, be or wherever you might be. Thanks for coming. Um, and yeah, you've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be back again. I can guarantee that. All right. We'll see you. Bye. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.